And now, Hangar 56 Media presents Spike's Car Radio, a downloadable cars and coffee, hosted by writer, comedian, and automotive enthusiast, Spike Ferriston. Now, here's Spike. Spike's Car Radio, how are you guys? Here we are on a Wednesday. Uh, how are you guys doing? It's amazing here. It's amazing in California. It's an incredible disconnect between uh, what is happening um, with our virus and the beautiful weather we have to accompany it. 85 degrees and sunny and dry, and you would think it was July or August. Uh, I'm in downtown L.A. with Zuckerman at his new photo studio. Zuckerman is a real estate magnet. Um, he's the next Trump, frankly. Um, so he, he's an up and comer. We've got, uh, we've got the Lotus. We've got, what is that? The 66, nine 11 over there. Yeah, sure. Both of us were knifing through traffic. I like that phrase that you brought up knifing, knifing through-, through traffic. Yeah. And, and I didn't know what you meant till today again in the Lotus. Um, you know, how could you not know what I mean by that? I, well, I knew what you meant, but with respect to the Lotus, Dude, like today you get up, you go, hey, I want to get in a convertible, right? And I was like, oh, I got that Lotus again. I got to keep putting miles on that. I'm flying down the 405, and boy, you just, you knife traffic. I was knifing traffic left and right. And you had texted me a little earlier and said, uh, what was the phrase you used? I broke a ton. Huh? I I broke a ton on the 10 down to downtown LA and I was like oh and I thought you know here I am I got coffee I'm fumbling with the podcast equipment coming down my street going did he break down do I have to stop and pick him up and that's an old well, it's just an old reference to going faster than 100 breaking faster a ton than 100 and I was like boy that's pretty that's pretty fast for the 10 going downtown but there's you know hardly any traffic it's like middling traffic I get on the 10 in the Lotus, and I'm doing 105, as is everybody else across five lanes. And I'm in the 66, <laughs> which it's, it's, a, it's an October 1965 build on this 911. Yes. It's a two-liter 911. Yes. It's got 130 horsepower, and the Speedo read about 115, and I'm going to tell you <laughs> it was probably 150. Five to ten. Is you realize what I was these doing. admissions are evidence, Zuckerman. You know what? we're like we're okay, like the Capitol rioters. Three people oh. listening in Nepal. We're, and, we're and the Capitol rioters, and we're filming ourselves and admitting to our crimes and our sins. But um, well, please, I hope the Nepalese police does not do not come <laughs> and Slovenia. seize me. We have some of the greatest listeners in the world. I'm learning so much about them as I do. Uh, some of this advertising um, for the various companies we advertise for, for Porsche and uh, Policy Gene. Our listeners are upscale uh, and engaged group. And people are getting fucking excited about this show, Zuckerman. It's, it's wild. You know, um, so n- it's not true, this Nepal thing. I don't know what our listeners in Nepal are like. I know the pe- folks listening right now. It's a good crew. And it's a, it's a, it's a I got to be careful now. Because now I've got a lot of advertisers going, hey, can can we exploit them in some way? Exactly. And we had one <laughs> we had one potential large advertiser say that we were advertising with a competitor. They would love to have us, but we would have to break up with our current advertiser. Yes, that's not going to happen. That's, that we won't are work. Uh, quite loyal to the sponsors uh, who sponsor our show, especially as we transitioned out of podcast one, the people who jumped in early. Um, those are our guys. So, well, it's going to be hard. Anyway, how, how, how are all of you? Um, 
I can't imagine you dealing with this virus in the middle of winter, in the cold places you are, the cold places Zuckerman and I have lived, being inside all the time. Um, I frankly think Boston or Massachusetts was colder than Long Island. We have Dutch Van Summeren on the show. You wouldn't know this guy, but he's got a, think of it as a Soho house of motorcycles that began in London, Bike Shed Motorcycle Club, and they are opening up downtown here, which is why we're downtown today. He's coming in to tell us all about that. I'm pretty excited about this place. Um, when I spoke to him earlier in the week and I invited him on the show, um, Zuckerman, what's your take on this? You know, every time I, I look at the news, there's this story, this what I what I interpret as a largely false story about the California exodus. The the great like the the wagons filled with humans leaving LA. I have not noticed anybody leaving. There are lines everywhere. There's traffic all the time. It, the Okies are going back to the dust bowl. What's that? The Okies are going back to the dust bowl. Uh, L- oh. LA has one thing is, you know, and again, I'm not you know, until you're sucked into the virus, we do have ambulances circling hospitals, and it's a disaster for the virus. However, when you're not sick, it is, it's been gorgeous here. It has been an absolute dream of a winter thus far. We talked about this. I do know some people who have bought homes in Montana and, and homes in Texas and homes in Idaho. Right. These yeah, are yeah. upper echelon people who have also maintained their L.A. presence. My sense is, is that, but that don't you think a lot of that group is the old retiring group of folks? No, now, are- I love Idaho, by the way. I'm a big, I you know, Summerton, Coeur d'Alene. It's one of my favorite places. Uh, Johnny, our mutual friend, uh, has a place in Montana. These are all great. That's not what I'm saying, though. I'm talking I, I'm more telling, about I'm, this. I am t- this I'm getting exodus. to that. The exodus that you're talking about, I think, are a lot of people that are reacting to their friends that are buying second places. They're in their 40s and 50s, and they say that they're leaving, and I don't really believe that they're leaving. And I think that there's other people. I think if you get to Boise, a fine place, you get to Austin, a fine place, you get to uh, to Nashville, another fine place, it ain't going to stick. I think it's largely a conservative uh, news uh, fake story. Listen, if a thousand Angelinos move to Austin, that's going to be news. It's not going to be anything. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. I mean, the numbers, the population numbers are pretty much the same, and everything is the same. You know, it's it's a perception thing. Right. But, you know, conservative news is always trying to paint California as this Democrat, like, stronghold, and now everybody's fleeing because of the crime. It's not happening. It's not true. And by the way, we're not a big Democratic stronghold. I don't know if you read the news. We've got the same whack jobs here that you have everywhere else. And as far as I can tell, it feels it's about 50-50 Democrat public, which is fine, but stop. With uh, the Hollywood liberal bullshit, it is the it's uh, it appears to be the same as every other place in the world, and that's just fine. But nobody's leaving L.A. Please, it's a it's a it's a fake story that you uh, you go headline surfing and then you go yeah everybody it, no I wish by the way I wish when I when I first moved here Zuckerman do you remember you did you, when did you move here a lot in earlier 1982 right? okay so when I got here it was empty because of the earthquake everybody left right yep. and it's awesome when it's empty and I would like that to happen again 
So if um, there's an earthquake, you'll get swallowed up. No, they, I you, would like people to all move. Go ahead, move to Texas, move to Idaho. It's great. Free this place up for those of us who love it. And I am uh, an adopted son of Los Angeles. I'm a, a mass hole, as you know. But I've now lived longer uh, in Los Angeles than any other place, and I love it. I just love it here. It's got the right blend of city. It's got the right blend of suburban, and it's it's got um, some fine people. I enjoy uh, you, Zuckerman, and Bill, and uh, there's still stuff going on. And Cue I, the Randy Newman music. Yeah, I like this place, and uh, it's you know it's got the best parts of all the places that I've lived in everywhere in the world. It's got the best parts of West Bridgewater, the best parts of Boston, New York, and then it's well, what's got. What's the best part of West Bridgewater? Well, come on, man. That was motorcycles and uh, Leonard Skinnerd and canoeing with my buddies and fishing and running around as a kid with knives <laughs> and, you know, smoking weed watching in the, woods. the old farmers come down to the high school football game and uh, with their little flask of blackberry brandy and scream the same thing every play up the middle. Up the middle. <laughs> That's all. You know, it was it was awesome, and a, you know, and a great group of mass holes with a uh, you know at least my little community a great appreciation for the comedy in the world <laughs> for the for the uh, for the comedies that were made and the things that make us laugh and busting each other's balls. I love Massachusetts. It's a, it's an awesome place. What I, I, I what I don't like is the snow and the cold weather <laughs> and the suffering during the winter. Suffering. <laughs> and I've taken my fill of it um but i'm ready to get rid of I that i never want to lift another snow shovel fair um way. people have been asking for a next door update <clears throat> i am back baby i'm on it but uh, uh pretty much all the nut jobs have fled or gone back to their holes so you know i'm still i haven't been canceled yet i have not been removed do you feel uh, if you've been neutered have you been neutered oh, in not Spain? anyway no no no, I am trying to conform my responses in a more respectful way, um, but uh, I couldn't help uh, but call out the head of the, or a member of the Pacific Palisades Republican Club about her crying about not being allowed on Parlor, the white supremacist app anymore, <laughs> and asking her if she was worried that uh, all those accounts had been hacked and I that information they should be left to be there in a little in a little you know place like that. All those accounts had been hacked, and I was just pointing out, because I know there's a level of paranoia with a lot of those people, that that hack and that data dump was being sifted through by law enforcement. <laughs> so I planted a couple seeds of doubt in her mind, and she uh, ran. But, uh, you know, everybody, it, things seem to have quieted down, and I suspect... A lot of what was going on there was not my neighbors. It was uh, some sort of uh, hacked-in interlopers. Because, you know, you look at the profile pics and they're like, well, wait a minute, that doesn't look like a real person. <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> so I haven't been kicked off yet. And uh, my usual cigar next door time was interrupted um, by a phone call from the police commissioner last Friday. Not going to uh, mention his name, but a fairly powerful L.A. entity who start, was inquiring about uh, the car show, the Sunday uh, Cars and Coffee, which uh, if you follow me on Instagram, you notice I have not attended for the last few weeks. Things are uh, a little out of control, but also they've been shutting down uh, the lots. Different landlords shut down different lots, big police presence. I find myself having the Targa in the garage that didn't have plates. And I, I just 
you know, I just thought I'm just going to skip a couple weeks and wait for this virus to die down and for the police to die down. But this uh, this this police commissioner, our police commissioner Zuckerman, he um, owns the back one of the back lots there. Okay, so you know by the Whole Foods and these other places there, and he apparently they shut down all the front lots and everybody went to the back lots last week. Okay, and that's his spot. So he calls me. Police Commissioner of Los Angeles, Zuckerman, calls me on a Friday night, reached out to me on Twitter. I gave him my number. He called me. And we had a very friendly, funny conversation. And, uh, you know, that went something like, you know what I can do, right? (laughs) I I don't want these people there. They came in the lot. The shoppers couldn't shop. I got Whole Foods. I got these customers. And I go, I completely understand. Well, he told you you had to stop your car show. Uh, no, he did not say it like that at all. He, he asked me, you know, is there something you could do to help me? Uh, I really like the guy. He, you know, we had a, nice, a very nice conversation. And what he was saying was, was simpler than that. He was saying, <clears throat> before I uh, uh, put the guillotine out in the square... Before I lower the boom on the car community that you were a part of, I just want to know, is there anything I can do uh, that might just stop the people from coming here before I do what I have to do? To which I said, are we talking about the Lamborghini guys? Because it sounds like we're talking (laughs) about... And he said, exactly. It was a bunch of Lamborghini guys. And I said, look, you do whatever you want, (laughs) Lamborghini guys. If you want my help, I know exactly who you're talking about. They're the guys revving the engines. They're the guys doing... He goes, yes. He goes, that is not my community. That's not Jay's community. That's He goes, who's this Matt Farah? I go, that's Matt Farah's community. <laughs> no, I didn't say that, Matt. <laughs> I said, it's not Matt Farah's community. That is the Lamborghini community. And uh, he goes, well, these guys are causing havoc all around L.A. They're doing burnouts. Come on, Zuckerman. Give me your attention for five minutes. I want to have this conversation with you. He's on his phone, ladies and gentlemen. I'm looking up the guy. I want to make sure that I know exactly what his position is. Did you look him up? Yes. Okay. Is he the real police commissioner? He is president of the police commission. Ah. And so there are there are people who are appointed to be police commissioners, a civilian oversight. Ah. And he has been the president several times. He was president for two terms. Then he was vice president when he termed out. And now he's president again. His Twitter says police commissioner. Yes, he is the he is a police commissioner. There's more than one. And he is president of the police commissioners. So, so it, but his, it turns out he's upset about the Lamborghini guys like we all are. And like I, the whole world is. I said to him, I said, look, um, they come to our car show late. They're making a lot of noise. I've seen Leno run after them. He's pissed about it. I, we, don't, we don't like it. You do whatever you want to those guys. <laughs> and he goes, well, what can I do about the, you know, again, it was funny to me that this guy is coming to me for a solution. But, you know, in my mind, I operate in a political landscape. I'm like, oh, at some point, I could call this guy for a favor and get some. So why don't I help him? And I said, just get some of your guys. You know, don't hire the pimply-faced teen. Don't hire the old man with a flashlight. Get a couple of off-duty officers and have them work the front. He goes, good idea. <clears throat> and I, he goes, well, you know, I've got cameras up. 
you know, I've got license plates. And like, yeah, I don't know what you're going to do with that information. But again, if you catch any of the Lamborghini guys, you you can hang them in the town square. <laughs> as far as I, and we had a very funny, and I'm smoking a cigar, and it was a nice conversation. And I understood his uh, his issues. And I said, the real the real thing that you could do is call the other landlords and tell them, because right now, the, the lots will not be open till 11 a.m. on Sunday. So there's not going to be any parking for anything anymore, right? But if you Check want food... Feet. Check, you have to park across the street and then get hit by a car on, on PCH. Okay, so if I want to go to Bill, you can't go there till eleven on Sunday. What if I'm in a non-car collector <clears throat> car? You, uh, according to Bill and everyone else, that whole place will be closed until eleven o'clock. Hey, by the way, for Not two a big deal for two weeks, <laughs> and then we'll be back. But checkmate, yeah. they've got us. They've got us for a little while. Um, but that's not what this police commissioner wanted. He just didn't want the car guys. The last thing he wanted was his lot closed to 11. So now he's pissed. <laughs> I guess he's pissed. But again, I, I, I explained to him the whole history of cars at Bill's from when I first went there with my buddy Kevin 20 years ago to sitting at Bill's, meeting Bill's, then bringing Jerry, then you, and then we wanted to Instagram and have the cars come there, and then the cars started coming there because they knew primarily, you know, Jerry was there, and then me and you, and then the, the car matchmaker in the show, and then I invited Matt Ferrer there, and, you know, it. and then Leno's like, I gotta come too, I mean, wait, there's been a party going on here, you guys didn't even invite me anywhere, I'm gonna drive my Lamborghini, I'm gonna bring that here, you wanna sit in it? No, Jay, I don't wanna sit in it. And, How long and did he you said, talk to oh. this guy? He said, oh. And I said, I don't have control of it, Farah. Nobody has control over this thing. People just show up like uh, the original group just shows up on the weekend to have a cup of coffee. And that's what this is. And he was cool with it. How long were you on the phone? A half hour or so. Amazing. If you look at his resume online, yeah. that he spent more than 30 seconds talking to you is unbelievable. This guy's got his hand in everything that happens in L.A. I uh, had nothing but respect <clears throat> for him because I think he's about 72 years old. And so, you know, a time when you think most guys would just, you know, retire. But he's jamming, protecting his business. I mean, he, I loved it. I love when I talk to someone like that. He's a hard worker like you, Zuckerman. Here we are at 7 o'clock on a Friday night, and he's doing – he's working – I love people like impressive. that. Anyway, it's impressive, but the car show will continue to go on as soon as the virus dies down and the lots open up. Um, again, uh, we got to do. Uh, I got ads to get to. Let's do a TLG ad. Marco. Marco. He did some nice work for <clears throat> me. What did he do for you? On my '92 RS, there is a very low front spoiler that if you hit it, then it looks like a frown. It looks like the front of the car is frowning, and he straightened it and made it quite nice wow. again. Wow. We're talking about TLG Auto, the independent Porsche service restoration shop located in North Hollywood, California. Family owned by Marco, um, known as the air-cooled Porsche specialist, but also service and maintain Porsche cars up to and including 992. So they do old cars. They do new cars. <clears throat> they want your business long-term, short-term. We're clients, Zuckerman and I. We've had many cars uh, Marco's taken care of. Uh, he's a protege of Magnus Walker and the Insider crew. So he knows everything from the, uh, the R Group A cars to the new stuff. Um, check him out, tlgauto.com. Yeah, he has our endorsement. Uh, you can also follow him on Instagram, tlg underscore auto. He will also talk about watches, Zuckerman. He's he a is big, a watch fanatic. He's a watch nut. Maven. Uh, TLG Auto, our friends over there. 
I just heard, uh, I think, Dutch come in. A couple more things I needed to get to, and then I got to blow my nose. <clears throat> oh, here's an interesting thing, Zuckerman. Have you realized, and we didn't, none of us have talked about this. You, me, and Jerry are all Land Rover Defender owners. I know you don't have one, but you have access to one. You are technically on, you have, you have one. Jerry was showing us his blue one. And Bo has the ta- same Tasman blue. Right, but that's, a, that's a, not technically a Plan Z car, but I know Bo is generous and lets you use that. And, and, and you're, uh, you've driven it, at least. Seinfeld just had his sent out to Long Island. I have mine. I, it, it suddenly dawned on me this morning. It's like, look at that. All three of us have this truck. And then I watched, uh, then I was like, got excited and I watched the Matt Farah, uh, not the one take, but he did a kind of an off road, I think at Gorman in the Defender, which he loves. Johnny Lieberman loves it. This, this truck is a home run. It is a big hit and it's, and it's really the Land Rover Group's biggest hit right now. It's got to be. I mean, th- when was the last time that me and you and Jerry and Lieberman and Farah agreed on something? Never. <laughs> Never. Never. Not even, not even a sandwich we would agree on. <clears throat> right, and here we all are going home run. I don't. I, I. I just wanted to say that. Like, wow, get them while you can get them. They're going to be everywhere, right? Everywhere. I haven't driven mine because I've been in the Lotus, but I really miss it. And all of those ladies, <clears throat> they're all going to be driving them too. I don't know. It's very trucky and it's very big. But once they see you guys, once they see all of us doing it, they're going to want in too. You think so? And then I'm going to get lots of business. Yeah. They're going to be smashing into things. Uh, no, there's great visibility in that thing. There really is a lot of good visibility. Big car. But, big, big. But, um, yeah. You when remember? does the Defender 90 come? I think I think soon. Yeah, you know, what I was going to say was the... Uh, driving that thing you remember it, when it first came out when i was doing that off-road test it looked like the story was going to be the reliability and there were build issues and there was some electronic issue right it started trending down you know i was with hannah elliott from bloomberg and we were out in the desert for this land rover thing and there were just anecdotal reports about how the electric uh, the uh, the infotainment was not working. There were problems, right? Apparently, they updated that very quickly and fixed it. But it looked like we were about to have some build uh, quality issues and some other stuff. And then the thing just went bonkers. Bye. People Everyone driving wants it. one. Yeah, you, you, they've been testing it off road. I tested it off road, Farah, and then you take it on the highway and you see how smooth it is, and you go, "Oh my god, that's the deal!" Right. It's, you know, this is what we were saying. I was saying to you and Magnus a couple weeks back, if someone could make the car like the Veyron that is a monster on the track and then very, you know, very good manners on the road, that there's that big of a switch, right? So you take a, you know, like a, like a new GT3, you can track it, but then on the road car, but really push the, push it far to the left and far to the right. Mm -hmm. Then you'd have a monster thing. And that's what this Defender is. That's what it does. Yeah. Anyway. Um, did you see this new Saunders motorcycle on Instagram? I have not. Saunders, the electric bike folks. I'm a big fan of Storm Saunders. He's got uh, this new e-bike that is a moto that is really cool. Uh, it's Listen to the specs on this thing. It's hilarious. Remember Saunders, they want to deliver an electric bicycle experience, now an electric motorcycle experience that everyone can afford. 
I really think this guy could be the next Elon Musk sucker. We got to get in on this company <laughs> early on. Um, I've since learned we're also born on the same day. What does that mean? I don't know. Nothing. He told Bill, he got really excited. He goes, you know, I did a dive on Spike. He wrote The Soup Nazi, which is my favorite episode of television. And we have the same birthday. Is it possible that I'm Storm Saunders? It is. No. <laughs> this bike. Okay, anyways, this motorcycle, which you can find, you got to check it out. Jalopnik did a great piece on it. Um, and then the writer of the article, I don't remember, but said, he goes, I'm going to buy this thing. And I think I am too. It's only 20 horsepower, but. Uh, it's, it has 200 foot-pounds of torque, <laughs> and, it only, and it only weighs 200 pounds, all right? Okay, so, so those dookies that I'm driving around on are 400, 500 pounds in jam. This is only 200 pounds. Um, it can go 800, uh, uh, 800, 80 miles an hour with a range of 80 miles right now. This is the first one. However, uh, the bike is only $5,000. What is the top speed? So it, it, I think the top speed is 80, but listen to what I'm saying. Trek electric bicycles right now. The bicycles are fourteen to fifteen thousand dollars. This is an electric motorcycle for five thousand dollars. License plate. You can you can drive it. And his theory, I guess, is the the that most people are commuting twelve to twenty five miles per day. So this is easily going to get you to work and back. And it's not going to cost you that much money. Do you see what I'm saying about this guy? I hear it. He's going to make a car. I think he already tried to make a car. Maybe he's going to make a car, but I, I'm pretty damn excited about this stuff. Would you ride that electric motorcycle? Fuck no. <laughs> not, not, not in a second. Not, I wouldn't ride it any more than I'd ride any other motorcycle. You know how I feel. I, I gave up my, my donor ID card. I don't want to donate uh, organs prematurely anymore. Now, Dutch just got here, but you see, we're still walking around. We have all our organs. I'm pretty sure he has and his I organs. Know, and, and we I ride say, motorcycles and a lot. Own, and I own many motorcycles. I just, uh, I myself, for me, I've reached the point where I'm not comfortable riding a motorcycle What if anymore. we got you a Can-Am, something on three wheels? No, 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 no. Mac no, no, Daddy no. stuff. You know what? I, I take enough <laughs> risks in my cars. I get enough adrenaline in the cars. For me... <clears throat> motorcycles is not i have too much riding i mean i got 200 people depending on me what about a quad i don't want to be a quad <laughs> that's the that's the point okay keep the quad if i got I'll something keep... with five wheels would you be interested in riding it you still on dirt bikes in mexico right Yes, yes, a little two-stroke okay. on a on a dirt path. The, it, that's good. Traffic in LA is not something I want to do. You you can do it. Dutch can do it. All of his acolytes can do it. His his people can do it. It's not for me now. We're gonna. Have to I go won't enjoy it. it. That's the problem. I stopped enjoying it. Do you know what you enjoy? You I enjoy the surviving of it. <laughs> when I get to where I'm going and I survived, I go, wow, that was fun. I enjoyed the whole experience of it until I felt that my number at the deli counter was up. There and once things, I got that feeling, there was no pleasure in it anymore. There are a lot of things you probably like to leave behind. Uh, like Zuckerman in 2020, he left motorcycles behind. Um, one of the most important thing being your underwear drawer. If you're rolling into the new year with the same bunching, chafing, and uncomfortable underwear, you've got to check out Mack Weldon. Mack Weldon is an essential piece of my daily route. I've got all their stuff. As I've mentioned before, uh, they give us a bunch of free uh, Mack Weldon clothing. I wear those joggers all the time. I can wear them during the day, and then I head to my uh, workout. I'm wearing them there. And then at night, my wife doesn't notice on date night that I'm wearing old gym pants. 
But Mac Weldon has a ton of men's essential sock shirts, hoodies, underwear, polos. It's great stuff. Um, customized fabrics uh, that keep you up with uh, no matter what your day looks like. It really is that stuff you can put on in the morning and wear straight through the end of your day. All you have to do is go to MacWeldon.com slash spike. 20% off your first order. MacWeldon.com forward slash spike. And you get 20% off your first order. I am not just reading the ad. I'm a customer. I love their stuff. I use everything uh, that people uh, advertise on this show. Um, and if I don't use it, uh, Zuckerman will inject it into his veins. Like the CBD oil. How did that work out? Yes, terrific. <laughs> like the blue chew. Those I wanted to shove in my dick hole, remember? And I want them to advertise with us again. Do you know how I know that? Because listeners, when they DM me, uh, are constantly using that reference. And I heard it again yesterday. It was upsetting. So a few weeks back, Anthony Partridge in England, a uh, guy I sort of know through Instagram, he's a motorcycle builder, uh, reached out and told me about uh, Dutch Van Summeren uh, and this cool thing he's building here in L.A., uh, Bike Shed Motorcycle Club. And uh, I said to him, I don't know who you're talking about or what you're talking about, but that doesn't mean anything. I'm not, I'm not the coolest guy in the world, so I, I just didn't know what was going on. But um, he said, you got to check it out. He said that thing, Zuckerman, you know. Uh, I want to put you two in contact together so you can hang out, which is, you yeah. know, why don't yeah. you just put a gun to my head and blow my head off? I'm not interested in hanging out with anybody. I don't need any more new friends. I don't and even like my friends. The most interesting thing you said was Soho House motorcycle type club. I was like, okay, I kind of like that, but thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I forgot about it. And then Dutch was like, hey, man, you know, here's my site. You know, uh, Anthony said, uh, you know, he was going to introduce us, all this other stuff. And I get on a site and he sends me a secret password. And I'm like, God, this place looks amazing. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, can you talk tomorrow? And he goes, yeah. And we get on the phone with Dutch and we have a conversation about what he's planning. And I say, hey, we got a podcast. And here he is. Here is Dutch Van Summer sitting here with us right now. Um, I get so excited about what this guy has done in London and what he's doing here in downtown L.A. that I thought uh, immediately, let, let's share it with listeners, especially the L.A. group, because um, we need a place like this, right? Um, best I can tell, Deus in Venice is the prototype for that. But when I think of Deus, I think of a really small place with long lines, and I don't go there. And uh, Dutch, thanks for coming on. Um, what you have planned here, why don't you just lay it out for everybody? Because it's, uh, it's pretty damn cool. Yeah, it's, um, well, hi, thanks for having me. Um, it is, it's complicated to explain because there's a kind of a simple idea behind it. Um, yes. I mean, I'm, I'm a, been a motorcycle rider all my life, worked in, uh, broadcasting and advertising for many, many years. And, uh, and my wife, Vicky, who's also a rider said, um, a long time ago, um, most of the people you work with are really shallow assholes, except for the people who ride motorcycles. <laughs> They're the ones you still keep job to job. And, uh, and I always thought that being a motorcycle rider was like being in a club. Yeah. It feels like you're in a club. You find that other guy who's, who's on two wheels as part of who they are. They ride. And, uh, and then you've got a connection with that person. They live life in a slightly different way. They experience travel in a different way. It's not just transport. It's, well, it isn't transport anymore. It's pure lifestyle. It's about who you are. And uh, I always thought it was like a club. And this whole kind of cafe racer scene was emerging. And, uh, and, and actually, my wife bought me a Ducati Sport Classic 1000 motorcycle. Come on. Wow, the she bike, did? Yeah, I, I, it was my 40-something birthday. It was that motorcycle in Tron. Yeah. You know, the black yeah. one with the LED strip on the black, the limited edition, 
beautiful thing. And I was into my Ducatis. I was getting into sports bikes. I, I, I just had a KTM Super Duke R. I was riding too fast for, for my age <laughs> and uh, riding like do. a twat. And, uh, and I started blogging about this at the time when everyone was blogging, when, when it was all about kind of uh, newsletters and blogs. Right, and it became, when we used the word blog. Yeah, and it became <laughs> big. It became a big thing. And then other people were sent, and I was customizing this bike because everyone was customizing doing cafe right. races. This is the long version, by the way, so I apologize in advance. No, go ahead. Oh, so, um, good. so I told the story of this customization. Then other people said, hey, look what I'm doing. And then all these builders were popping up. And there were, these, there were things like Deus and Bike Exif and, the, and various things cooking, telling the story of this scene. And instead of being about, um, you know, miles per hour and, and, and about technical spec, it was about style and adventures and people. And that really resonated with me because I love machines, I love motorcycles, I love cars too. But what makes them amazing is the people you meet and the journeys you undertake and how you experience those. Um, so anyway, I was doing this blog and we, I gathered a group of friends. We called ourselves Bike Shed Motorcycle Club because it sounded kind of right. goofy. It's a motorcycle club, which is cool, but the bike shed is where you stash your porno mags and smoke spliff with your friends at the bottom of the garden, escape the world. <laughs> I thought that was kind of cool, bike shed right. motorcycle club, BSMC, a bit like BRMC, Black Rebel Motorcycle Club. Never really thought about it. And, um, but suddenly it was this thing, and we had this group, and we met in this pub every Thursday, and it was the motorcycle show, um, the, the, the UK motorcycle show, which is a huge big thing at the NEC in Birmingham. And it was like, so who's going to the motorcycle show? And we were like, why? Why would we go? It's a right. trade show. Yeah. The food is bad. There's no women there. You can't sit down. The motorcycles are what you see in the trade fairs. Why, what are we going for? To buy cheap gear from last year on a discount because I need a new black visor for my showy. I mean, it was, that's just pointless. It sounds so much like us with car shows <laughs> and what we talk Come about. Come to the LA car show. What? Exactly. Get, get your COVID. Yeah. Get your hot air. Get bad. I love the bad really food. Really bad food. But no. No, it's a valid point. All yeah. right, keep okay. going. This yeah. is and fascinating. You, can't, and you can't, can't take your wife and kids. Even, even, my wife rides. She loves bikes. She won't come to a bike show with me. Right. they suck, right? So what do you do? So um, I said, well, wouldn't, what about if Bike Shed did a show? What would that be? And we were drinking a lot of beer. And I said, well, it would be in an amazing space in central London, not in some big warehouse near Birmingham. And you'd ride right in and it would be incredible and there'd be really good food, really good bars. You'd be able to get a decent coffee or maybe a martini, you know, and there'd be good food. And it would be the kind of burgers you actually want to eat, not the kind of burgers. <laughs> you unify your life. Yeah. The two things you like. Exactly. And I said it should be like a club, like a members club. There should be Chesterfield sofas and rugs like your friend's garage set up, like your man cave, like this, like where we're sitting now. Right. You know, comfy sofas and a little rug and a, and a cool table in the middle and a bar in the See, corner. See, Zuckerman, we are in a yeah. good spot. Yeah. And, and like, uh, you know, art on the wall done by motorcycle riders, photography. Yeah, yeah. And every bike should be curated. It shouldn't be there because someone's selling it. It should be there because it's cool. It shouldn't have been in the show last year or the year before. It should right. be new. And everything should be on a pedestal. And it should be this art show. And it should be cool for non-riders. And your wife should want to come. And it should be full of women and kids and bring the dog. It should be cool. It should be like a club. And um, so anyway, a couple of weeks later, I came back to the, the pub that we met at. And I said, hey, I've booked a space. And they looked at me like I was insane. Like, what are you talking about? So I booked a couple of railway arches in Shoreditch, which is a trendy part of London, a bit like the meatpacking district, a bit like the arts district. We did a show. And uh, I invited everybody who was on this kind of blog that I was doing from Spain and France and Portugal and Germany. If we do a show, will you bring a bike? And they all went, yep. 
and um, we had 77 motorcycles and three and a half thousand people turned up and I thought wow and this was just on Facebook wow so it was an amazing show and um, I remember Moto Guzzi turned up and Triumph turned up to have a look around and uh, and the guy from Motoguzzi at the time, Phil Reed Jr., said, where did, where did you find all these young people and women? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, well, yeah. they, they are just alive in the general population. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you speak to them in their language, they will turn up. And if you don't fill your show with girls on bikinis on motorcycles like you do at Eichmer, they might not feel like they're only there to have people look at their tits. So, um, <laughs> you know, you should have Even hot girls at a bike show because hot girls like bikes, not because yeah, yeah, you paid right, them right. to be there in sweaty like Exactly. So we did this incredible show and it was so good. And, and Motorcycle News printed this thing and it said a bunch of amateurs put on the best motorcycle, sh- motorcycle show the UK's ever seen. And I was like, oh, shit. And that wow. same year, the Distinguished Gentleman's Ride was a thing. I was good buddies with Mark Howard who founded it. And we ran the London Ride in 2012. Um, and also, you know, Deus was coming up and they'd, they were expanding and Deus was kind of cool. And there were other blogs and sites out there. A lot yeah, of people yeah. were doing the same thing. <clears throat> and, um, and I said, we need to do this show again before somebody else does this, steals this. So we did another show at the end of that year. The first one was in May. We did the season opener. I said, let's do the season closer in October. 5,000 people turned up, still on Holy. Facebook. We had 120 odd bikes. Brad Pitt turned up. Um, And everybody's like, oh, you've got a tweet about Brad Pitt. And I was like, no, he's here as a biker. He's filming around the corner. He's got his woolly hat on, pulled down low with some friends. Leave him alone. Don't say anything. Let that just be a rumor. He's here. This is his space. Leave him alone. No one bugged him. A lot of people didn't recognize him. Right. And I thought, this is kind of nice. And, and I actually was a longstanding member of Soho House because I'm a media TV guy and I worked in Soho for years. And, and, which is kind of going off a little bit. You know, we, well, we all have opinions about Soho House, those of us who, who know it. And I was like, this is like the old days of Soho House where people actually knew each other and it was kind of wrapped right, around one right. idea. It's organic. Yeah, and, and a couple of people came together. Up, yeah, exactly. And it felt really real. And it was a pop-up club. It really was, and the crowd was different. And you could yeah. see by the watches on their wrist and the shoes on their feet and the jackets they were wearing that they were just a little more interesting. And it wasn't about money. It was about taste, and it was about style, and it was about a certain attitude to moto culture. Right. And anyway, it was really cool. Everybody loved it. People wrote about it. Um, and then that year, I think the Handbuilt Show happened and the One Show in Oregon and all these other things were happening. And we were all talking because of this online connectivity that we all have so i was speaking to alan stuhlberg who founded the handbuilt and tour who founded the one show and we were becoming a community culture and this and, the, and our website and facebook was just growing and growing like it went from twenty thousand to like one hundred and fifty thousand to two hundred thousand and and it was and then there was a website of the the website started to grow this was before instagram i think and it just got bigger and bigger and bigger and a couple of people came to the show and, and I was happily working in advertising at that time. I had a four-day week. Um, I loved it. You know, it was really easy. This was a, just a fun thing on the side. Uh, we moved the show up to Tobacco Dock, which is this really huge, beautiful venue um, just off the River Thames in East London near Tower Bridge. So it was this huge, big thing that was happening. But a couple of people had come to me and said, this should be your full-time job. This should be 24-7, seven days a week. This should be a club. And I was like, great idea, but I'm, <laughs> I'm busy. I've got a job in advertising. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's a pretty cushy job and I don't have to work too hard and I do a four-day week. But they said, well, let's put a business plan together. Um, 
And one of the guys was a guy called Nicholas Cowell, who's Simon Cowell's brother. Right. But he's a lifelong biker. Right. And, and the other guy was a really nice guy called Frederick Lukoff, who's the CEO and president, or was at the time, of Stella McCartney. Mm. Again, lifelong biker. These guys have got 15, 20 bikes each. But you they know, know what they're doing yeah. when you say the word <laughs> business plan. Yeah. There's someone who's actually going to do it. Keep the mic right up there. Yeah. I, well, actually, to be fair, Nicholas gave me a business plan he had with Charlie Borman to do a club called Dukes. And I was like, well, this is too exclusive. This yeah. needs to be for every. This needs to be like the show. So anyway, we redid that, and, and it, it just went too well. Everybody really liked it, and uh, <laughs> people, people put money in. So we just asked people we knew with some money. Yes. Like, who's prepared to give me 50 grand? See what happens. Right. You might never see that money again, or yeah. we'll create the new Soho House for Bikes meets the Eights Cafe with a little bit of Deus thrown in and perhaps the legacy of Hard Rock, but not made in the 80s. Yes. Maybe we can do something really cool. And maybe we can help do something cool for bike culture that's yeah, a yeah. little more upmarket, but not too far up its own ass. So um, people bought in. We ended up with about 30 people coming in and kind of giving us what they were prepared to lose, I guess. And, um, and it was this, and we found a venue, which was, in fact, on the same railway as the arches we did our first two shows in, in Shoreditch. So we got these four huge Victorian railway arches and uh, we started building. And we didn't have a permit for the space. We, we, we just made it up as we went along. We designed it ourselves. We applied for the permits in parallel. We got the permits. We got the alcohol license, the liquor license. And, um, and it took a while. Uh, we ran out of money a few times along the way and kept saying, hey, we need a bit more money. And everyone, yeah, yeah but this is great. Yes, we can do this. Because we got a much bigger venue than our original business plan. And, uh, and it turned into this space. We opened it in November 2015. Triumph, who by then we were working with all the manufacturers in our shows, and Triumph used our venue for the launch of the new Triumph Bonneville platform with the new Thruxton and the T120, T100, all those new bikes they did. And uh, we were the global launch venue for that. And they had this big star-studded event, and that kick-started us um, into being busy from day one. We opened our doors and we were full. And when you go there, because I've been on the site, it's... I saw uh, uh, a shop with merch. I saw food. I saw bikes being restored. I, did I see new bikes there? I saw a barber shop. <laughs> I saw just a hang, a place to work, to open up your laptop. It seemed like this, like Disneyland for motorcycle guys. Yeah, that's that about your building, sums it up. right? That pretty much is whatever you're looking to do. You can do something like that, right? Yeah. Wait, did I miss anything? Because, uh, by the way, your merch is amazing. Event space. Event space, yeah. right. And I, I love your shirts and hats, and I'm going to hit you up for some of that stuff because I really like all of it. But every everywhere I looked was just cool shit. Yeah. And I imagine you have cool barbers also giving cool haircuts. And now you're doing the same thing here in L.A. Was L.A. your first choice for the second? Is Am I right in assuming yeah, this is number two? it was an easy choice. Why? Because bike culture lives here. And in fact, if anything, if you look at this whole kind of cafe racer brat style kind of custom culture that's around now, that's, that's actually now become mainstream and become the manufacturer's design strategy. It, yeah. what, what went from niche became mainstream and now it's, now it's a, a category for bike builders, for, for manufacturers. Um, yeah, I mean, LA is, is, we in a way, you know, bike culture really grew here. 
and then found its way out to Tokyo and Brat style and, and right. the, the moon ice shows and all that crazy stuff. And then it got transported a little bit into Australia through Deus and then it got kidnapped back into Europe. And then the Brits got hold of it and said, hey, this is Cafe Racers. Yeah, We've yeah. been doing this since the 60s. And in a way, a lot of it looked like Americana all the way through. And when we started the blog back in 2011, 12, everyone thought we were in California. Mm. Everyone said, where in LA are you? And I was like, no, no, I'm in London. Yep. So coming to LA, there are more registered motorcycle riders than anywhere else in the world. There are more bikes, more bike people. The weather's perfect for riding. I mean, this is moto heaven. You know, Zuckerman, you know where I'm going with this. I know where <laughs> you're going a, with this. This is a match made in heaven, this you two guys. This is such a weird parallel and I forgot, universe. And I, forgot and, I, to, and I forgot about all of it, but what we're kind of talking about, Zuckerman has an archive of Hells Angels and other motorcycle gang memorabilia oh, wow. that is unlike anything in the world. Have you, do you follow outlaw archive i don't but i will now um okay you've been yeah. missing we've been missing each other mm. this is started with a partner of mine bo bushnell about seven years ago getting a photo album of a club from the 60s called the straight satans out of the venice canals and they were notorious and he became obsessed with trying to know who those people in the photo album were and now now it's seven years later and we have a warehouse uh and we have probably 30,000 items photo albums photos letters clothing ephemera and the actual motorcycles from back then that that we have and we've been toiling kind of trying to figure out what the way forward is both because it's I think it's academically valid, it's, it's mm. culturally valid, and it's so fucking cool. Uh, I mean, that, and then some of the stuff you're collecting, like, it's custom-made for... If you, if he, I you mean, would little want coke, some of this stuff you just, to, to be on loan you. guys you. just yeah. have to, after this... Absolutely, some, yeah. You have yeah. To sounds see, amazing. You have to visit that archive and look at it, because I think it will inspire you as you're building the shop here in L.A. and vice versa. Yeah. <laughs> I think there is a merchandise line unto itself on the Outlaw Archive where you guys could make a lot of money. Let me, let me just talk about... Uh, the place here. Uh, so where are you at right now as far as you're not open yet here in L.A.? What's going on? You've well, broken ground, but yeah. you're downtown L.A. Yep, we're downtown L.A., right in the heart of the Arts District. Okay. Um, and we're right kind of in the right halfway between there's kind of a little bit up the top where there's kind of Hauser and Worth and all that kind of trendy right, bit where right. all the hipsters mm. walk around drinking the right coffee. And then <laughs> at the other end, you've got Bestia and, and yep. kind of. Um, oh, wow. Uh, and Stump Town, and there's the Soho Warehouse and right. the new Warner Music thing. So there's a bit in the middle between, and and if I suppose the other part of the triangle is the ROW building, right. and we're in the middle of that triangle, um, and we're on a street called Industrial Street. <coughs> so it's right between Sixth and Seventh, and then boxed in by Alameda and um, Mill Street. Okay. You, so yeah, you know, a, a thousand years ago, in the in the very early '80s, there was a, a punk scene that was on yeah. that street and it's so long so many different layers of archaeology ago uh, but i think there was an owls bar on industrial street that was a punk place 82 oh, wow. 83 that's right on my street that's yeah, my era yeah but yeah, are you open cool. are you open yet no no so ba yeah you're right we broke ground a while it took us a long time we, we've been coming here nearly three years now to find the right spot okay um we 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 found the place end of 2019 we persuaded the landlord to give us a lease as a bunch of english people um by may 19 oh wait a minute is that it? no no 
wasn't 20, was it? Yeah, it was 18, then 19. Uh, we started building um, at the end of, yeah, the end of 19. Wow, we've been building a long time um, because the whole of COVID just hit with restrictions and it's really hard to get permits to get the city to come out to sign things off we had the, it's a 1945 refurbished warehouse that was refurbished by the landlord in um, 2016 and it's on a 30,000 square foot plot wow. with 23,000 square feet of indoor space and about seven eight thousand feet of on-site parking it's a big l shape it's at loading bay height yeah, and we're yeah. gonna and um and we've got mezzanines inside that add another six or seven thousand square feet, and um, we. I'm, just, are, I'm hearing money, money, oh, yeah. money, <laughs> money. It's money. not cheap. Is it a members uh, club? Yeah. Are there we, is a members club. And how we, is it going to work? Yeah. So basically, when do we apply for membership? Right. Well, probably in about a week. In about uh, a week, but that means right now because this show. Yeah is going to post Wednesday of next week. Right, okay. So it's so Wednesday right now. It's a members... It's, okay, here's, here's the weird pitch, which is why I said it's a weird thing to explain. It's a motorcycle members club, but you don't need a motorcycle to come and you don't need to be a member. It's open <laughs> to all. And, it's uh, the, what? Yes, yeah, exactly. So the Bike Shed, we started Bike Shed in London as motorcycle, the Bike Shed Motorcycle Club and everyone came and said, this is an amazing space and it was for everybody. It's right. open to the public, right? Um, and bikers came and non-bikers came. The food's good when the top... Tro- tro- top 3% of uh, uh, restaurants in the whole of London out of 23,000 wow. restaurants. Um, so we're a good food, good breakfast, lunch, dinner, great bar, good retail, blah, 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 all the good stuff's there. And then people came and they said, well, how do I join? And I was like, oh no, it's just the name of the place. And they were going, yeah, no, yeah. no, I want to support you. How do I join? Right. And of course, we <clears throat> acted like a club. We go on rides <laughs> together. We do track days. We do events. We do things like a club. So we started a club in London, but there was no club space, nowhere private for members. You just have a badge and a card and you go, look, I'm a member and you get some discount in the store. But we had... 800 members in London with no clubhouse with no club space here in LA we will have a private members bar and some members spaces and uh, we've got a few little back rooms and places where members can hide away so there's public space there's private space space. with a members bar I mean imagine if Soho House was open to the public yeah had a couple of nice little dining rooms out the back where if you really wanted to hide you could yes so we will have a thousand members because we don't want to have too many which is why I genuinely say people should join soon because we've, I, without any marketing, promotion or advertising, I've got 160 people who've said, how do I pay and when? And I said, we haven't even set the price yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah, you're going to sell care. those quickly. How do right, I join? Right. Because it is an amazing space. The whole But club, wait, to be a private member, do you need a motorcycle? You have to be a rider. You don't have to own one right now. You don't have to I ride have in on it. I have a 66 Triumph Bonneville that I ride. Am if, I in? If you ride a bike, dirt or road or track... You are. You can be a member. You Zuckerman have to has be a rider. Hell's Angels legit choppers. Stop saying is we have. Yeah. We they're not Hell's Angels. Actually, it was other clubs. What what clubs? We have Galloping Goose. We have. But the he's got bike, old biker, biker guy chopper. So is he in? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's about... So you need 998 other guys. Excellent. <laughs> now, can it's, we, can we pick our us. numbers as we sit here today because Ooh. we're with you now? That is a good... I, do you know what? In the old days, because um, my brother wanted 007, and I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, why not? Um, and and then another guy who was one of our early guys wanted number one, and I gave I, that to him. Uh, Nowadays, yeah, everything's yeah. boring and digital, and... With the membership system, I don't even I don't even know if you can control a number. It's all no. Like, everything's and what digital does it do crap, for you, anyways? It? I saw you and yeah. McGregor, our buddy Ewan and Charlie Borman, on your site too. Are, yeah. are, they, are they part of this thing? Yeah, Charlie is one of one of this crew of 
now we've got nearly 60 investors. So Charlie put some money in it twice. Oh, there you go. Thank you, Charlie. Um, and we haven't got Ewan in yet doing that, but we're still working on Ewan. Um, and, uh, but, but Charlie is, is really involved in the club a lot and does a lot of events at and with the club. He's there all the time, uses, uses it as his office in London. And uh, they, they did the long way up ride recently, that trip on the electric live wire bikes from yeah, Ushuaia yeah. up to LA. And we were the end point. So they finished at the bike shed in our parking lot. Oh, no way. Now, we were supposed to be open. This is be- for the Apple TV series. Yeah, for the Apple TV series. So the final ep, they arrived at bike shed. But of course, we were still under construction. <laughs> so they arrived in our parking lot. <laughs> but it was nice. They came. That's cool. And, uh, you know, and they're, they're re- I mean, Ewan's a... De- very dedicated motorcycle rider. He's a legit rider yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, for we've sure, got a few yeah, other yeah. people that are surprised. I mean, Tom Hardy is also, you know, put some money. In fact, Tom's on our board, which is interesting. And he he's a rider. Yeah. Woody Harrelson. What about is Brad? In. Are we going to get Brad Pitt in? Uh, I would love. I'd love all of those guys to feel as though this is their club, and yeah. and you know, and, and and in fact, because we are kind of crowdfunded, if you like. Um, I'd love all those people to be a part of it because why not? I mean, this is built by community. It's built by people. There's no one big owner who's the guy who says, you know, me and Vicky, my wife, run it with Stuart, our chief operating officer, who's a huge kind of, you know, biker who's written from Ushuaia to Alaska and and uh, an amazing rider. Um, but, you know, we want everyone to feel they got a piece of it and, and that the more people we have involved, the more kind of democratic it is. Right, right. You, you really... Really pitch this well. I mean, I mean, yeah. Can you believe that I pitch, Zuckerman? Yeah, and I, now and do you I, know what I heard on that phone call? Why we just got him on? Yes, it's and, I'm, great, and I'm right? and you really do. You really you speak well. You articulate well. You share the idea and the vision well. It's very easy to sign up, and I like that, gentlemen. We've run out of time. Shut up! Wow. <laughs> well, <laughs> thank you. That was so a lot much. of fun, yeah. Dutch. Thank you for coming on. Um, your website is up, right? Bike the, Shed. The bike Shed. Uh, bike Shed um, Moto dot com is our consumer facing website. That is up, um, and it, it's all cooking. We hope to open this May, twenty twenty one. The building's ninety percent finished. Um, we are still fundraising. Um, because it, this has been an iterative process and also we're a year late so we still need to keep cash flowing and you're delay. dealing with a pandemic yeah so the pandemic down, really right. did punch us in the face but we're still good we're still solid um but yeah <laughs> the we pandemic punched us in the face yeah. yes. it punched us all in the face i think oh. maybe in the nuts actually yeah and then it kicked in the you face. in the nuts but yeah. by may we should all be vaccinated at least all the and adults. then it'll be the roaring 20s and then it's going to be licentious behavior flappers flappers dancing the charleston and and lots of yes it'll be you only live once let's party people are going to dress up again people are going to go out i mean even while covid's been on motorcycle sales have been up what is your before we go what do you ride what's your favorite bike i didn't ask you that the Um, ducati i think i love i do love my ducati sport classic thousand that is an amazing motorcycle and it's uh, yeah i think that would be my favorite motorcycle but what comes close second is the triumph thruxton r Huh, interesting. That is uh, Dutch Van Summeren. Thanks, Dutch, for coming on. This has been really fun. The company is uh, Bike Shed Moto Cycle Club. Bike Shed Moto Club, right? That's yeah, and bikeshedmoto.com. Right, you guys got to check it out if you're in L.A. Yeah, people are going to sign up for this thing right now. No, There's not going to be a spot for us. Save two spots for me and Zuckerman, will you please? Because we're going to do it. Yep. Zuckerman, what do you have to say before we go? 
Just happy to be here. Just happy to be here. Happy this, to be here on Saturday. You know, this beautiful space we're in, by the way, downtown, is one of your photo studios that you just opened up. Yes. Right? Yes. You should put it, advertise it in your story. This is a lovely space. People are going to want to rent this space, dude. We're going to get it going. It's just, just again, it we up. were punching the nuts in the face by COVID. <laughs> Fucked everything up. Yeah, but you have this man cave, which yes. has got the, the white psych and the shiny floor and the loft ceiling. And I want to thank TLG. Uh, let me just wrap it up, guys. I want to thank TLG Auto uh, for sponsoring the show, as well as Mac Weldon. Uh, next week, I will have uh, the gentleman known as the pot smoking lawyers on the show. <laughs> Uh, I saw them on, I think, on Tosh.0. Uh, I, I saw them on YouTube. Uh, they're hilarious. Um, they are two pot-smoking lawyers that defend people in the cannabis business, and they uh, uh, their slogan is, uh, sh- uh, shut the fuck up and don't talk to the police. They're great. Um, we'll see you next week on Spikes Car Radio. Thanks for listening to Spikes Car Radio, brought to you by Hangar 56. Listen to new episodes every Wednesday. And be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.